0: Live from Parts Unknown, it's a K&A Sports Picks Podcast. Live from the Dull Track, it's Richmond with eight straight ties. How many more matches before you hit the panic button? There's two buttons I never like hitting. That's panic and snooze. I don't care what our record is. It's all about believing that everything's gonna work out in the end. Exactly as it's supposed to. And it isn't the Hey folks, it's TK and GK here live at the headquarters of the k Sports Picks Podcast. Um, it's been a month or so since we've last chatted with uh, listeners. And you know, there's a there's a heck of a lot going on on sports. Um, so what, today we're going to cover soccer, hockey, baseball, and, and even some football. And of course, we've got our listener questions as always. Um, So, TK, the Europe League is in full swing, um, the Europe Championships. Yeah. Uh, You've been following them? You got any thoughts on what's happening so far? Yeah, it's an exciting
1: tournament. So it's the uh, Euros. It happens every four years, like the World Cup. Um, And it's to determine who's the best team in uh, Europe. And some soccer fans or soccer uh, commentators say this tournament is harder to win Than the World Cup, because just the talent from all the teams. You know, there's no easy teams. Even the middle. There's
0: no USA.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's no USA or no. There's no uh, easy win. So this is a very hard uh, tournament to a win. Um, We're about. We're almost at the end of the group stages. Um, So far, the teams that look really good um, are um, France. They were the favorites going in. Um, they have the deepest lineup. A lot of people say, you know, this generation of French uh, footballers is so deep that their backups could probably go to the semifinals of this uh, tournament. They're that good. And they were, they're the current World Cup uh, champions. Um, so France is off to a good start. Um uh, England, there is even some belief that this could be the year for England. They have a lot of talent, though, so if you followed any soccer, you know that they'll probably find some heartbreaking way to lose in the quarter or uh, semifinals. Um, so, those are the two teams that I've been following the most, um, but it's been an, an exciting tournament. There have been some uh, underdogs, Wales, advance past the group stage and is going to the round of 16 um you know they're a tiny country of three uh, million, but Wales is doing really well uh Italy is doing well too they could be one of the top contenders to to a win outside of France and uh, Eng- uh England but um yeah it's been a fun uh, tournament Spain has not looked that good um but Spain is always up up there, so we'll see if they can get it
0: going. What about Belgium? I, I was reading that this was one of their better teams in years, and it, it uh, I think that they they've won both their their games in the the group group stage.
1: Yeah, this is the golden generation for uh, Belgium. They came in third in the last World Cup. Um, they have a lot of talent too. Um, they don't. They're getting older, so their players kind of probably peaked around 2018 so there's a question of age and they don't have quite the depth that france has okay um, but they could definitely make some noise too
0: well you, you heard that folks so if you were a betting man and, and you might be and and you had uh five euros to bet who would who would you pick it has
1: come to be France. Like I said, they're calling mm-hmm. this the golden generation of French football. They won the last World World Cup, and they have so much talent that again, their backups could probably beat the U.S. first string five nil. So um, they're they are very good.
0: All right, you you heard it there there. Um, I'm not going to give up on Belgian. You know, uh, old guys, old guys got to stick with old guys. And uh, in other soccer news, the MSL is back from uh, their internationals. Uh, this is a lot of uh, Americans and um, South Americans, Central Americans were, were playing in some international matches, and it's it's good to see back. Um, we had uh, Portland Timbers last night and the Portland Thorn this afternoon, and we're up to eighty percent capacity. But wow. it's 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 fun to see. It's fun to see sports. Coming back, um, and it's fun to see the major league soccer. I know it's not not the, like the European leagues, but um, it's a lot of fun.
1: Oh, and the and back at the beginning of this month, the U.S. beat um, they they won the Concacaf Nations League, which is a new uh, tournament. It's that's really not that exciting. It's not a big cup, but the exciting part was they beat their arch nemesis, Mexico. Three, two, and and U.S. soccer fans. Anytime they top El Tri, is a big win.
0: And was was that was that match here in the states or was that in Mexico? That was actually in Denver. Wow! And was it wow. was the the fans 50 Because a lot of times when the uh, yeah when Mexico it was, come...
1: it was probably seventy percent. Um, I'd say about. 70% uh, Mexico fans and 30% U.S. fans. You
0: know, that's why a lot of times that they'll play – when the U.S. plays Mexico, they'll play in Columbus because it Columbus is a big soccer town and then there's, there's usually a um, slightly higher percentage American fans, USA fans, uh, Mexico. But you know, I always root for um, – you know, Mexico when they're not playing the U S because their fans are so passionate and, you know, they've never been able to quite break through on the, um, international level.
1: Yep. But yeah, it was a fun game. It was three, two, it went to, uh, extra time. There were some comebacks and yeah, I, um, I, I have, I say this with cautious optimism, but, um, the U S finally has some good players that are making some noise in the big leagues in uh, Europe and they could be a good team when the when the World Cup comes here in uh, 20 uh, 26 so
0: oh, that's gonna be something to keep an eye out for yep um, so hockey uh, you know a big hockey guy and a big islander Islander guy so this is this is very uh, exciting exciting time the Islanders are tied with Tampa Bay um, two games each. Uh, of all my professional sports teams, no other no other team has given me as much joy as the Islanders. I've seen them win four cups. Uh, I thought they were in the despair of, uh, you know, actually uh, kind of like getting relegated at one point to, to Kansas City. They went through an ownership, um, several ownership change, including one of the owners that bought them in the 90s, um, fraudulently bought them, you know, miss, um, um represented his funds he was at, he actually had no money but he he put up fake uh documents there's a i think there's a 30 for 30 uh with uh kevin connelly of the entourage fame that that did uh d- did a little story about about uh, spanos the guy that uh fraudulently bought the islanders but they've they settled down they have one of the best coaches gms uh, they have great ownership now and they built a new arena um, Tampa Bay is probably has more talent, but there's something about this group, and they're, um, you know, they they go four lines deep. They're they're a gritty bunch, and my prediction is that they're going to win Game Seven in Tampa and make it to Stanley wow. Cup.
1: Well, that would it would be fun. Yeah, I've seen um, some clips, and it seems like their fans have just been bringing the noise. Um, I do have a question for you, though. There's some controversy because um, Jimmy Fallon, who I guess is a self-proclaimed uh, Rangers fan, he's been spotted at uh, Rangers games wearing their gear. He was spotted at an Islanders playoff game, and um, and you know cheering them on. So, as a fan, do you welcome, you know, the fans of the other New York teams, or are do you think that uh, that's a little sketchy?
0: Well, um, it, it's weird. It's it, it 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 is strange because there's such a bitter rivalry between between the Islanders and the Rangers. Um, but if if you know if a Ranger fan wants to come and support the Islanders, I think I think that's awesome. <laughs> I wish Jimmy Fallon's great. I think he, he has a big heart. I don't think I would be able to, as an Islander fan, be able to go to uh, Madison Square Garden and wear a Ranger shirt and, and celebrate them. You know, I don't root, I'm not like one of those people that root against them um, when the Islanders are eliminated, but I I can't, I can't wear their gear and go into their, into their stadium, but Hey, you know, they're all, all the, All the love, all the the support. I appreciate you, Jimmy Fallon. Keep it up.
1: Well, there you go.
0: (laughs) And uh, Miss Maisel, uh, she's she's been um, um, the actress that plays Miss Maisel. She's been at at there. The Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, has been at at the – Yeah, this this is big time. (laughs) Well, enough of celebrity Islander talk. Um, we're full swing in, in baseball. We're getting close to. There's there's an old tale in in baseball that says um, if you're in first place in July, on July 4th, um, you're gonna you're gonna stay in first place. Um, that I mean that obviously doesn't hold true because you know teams come from way back to win the pennant, but um, the percentages of the time if you're in first and July 4th, so. Um, we're getting closer and closer to July 4th. So what if, um, if, of all the teams that are in first place right now, uh, is, is there any that you think are go, going to the World Series? Do you think they're true, uh, true contenders, or do you think there's some pretenders out there?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I just pulled up the standings to make sure I have all my first place right. Um, I think the White Sox are contenders. I thought so at the beginning
0: of, of the year. Wow, my um, Minnesota Twins pick was, was way off. <laughs> good job on the White Sox pick. Well, well,
1: thank you. Um, I think the Astros, too, um, I think they have some fire. Um, they seem to be a little mad, a little peeved about the way they've been talked about, and they've, um, they've had a good start to the uh, year. So in the... I think the AL is open. Um, I don't think there's anyone who I see for sure. So I'd say the Astros and White Sox I both see being contenders. Um, The National League, I I think the Mets are a contender for the division. I don't know if they have enough pieces to fully put together a run to the World Series. But, hey, you get in the playoffs, you never – you. You you know, and it's um, it's anyone's game. So maybe um, the Giants too. They they're close to having the best uh, record in baseball, and I'm still not completely sold on the G men. Um, I think the Dodgers just have a deeper roster. So I think over the course of 162 games, the Dodgers are going to pass them. But I have been surprised by them. So so. So uh, far. Um, and then the Cardinals, too, I think they've struggled, but I, I would not be shocked to see them start to put it together uh, more and make a run at the uh, central.
0: Yeah, I like that. It, you know, my picks uh, were I, I was way off on the uh, central Minnesota, and I was looking like I was off on the Atlanta Braves. Their bullpen is terrible. But I still like my picks for the World Series of the Dodgers and the Yankees, and I think the the Yankees will, uh, you know, eventually. They're they're starting to play better. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to win as many games as I, as I thought that they were. I think that they may even be a wild card, but I, I definitely think that that you know they have a solid lineup. You know, they have some excellent, excellent uh, starting pitchers. And the Dodgers are the deepest team in baseball. So I still think the Dodgers are going to win, win the World Series. Anything can happen in the playoffs. But the odds are, I think, the Dodgers, you know, with their rotation, um, is, is um, the best in baseball. Um, you know, and they've got a deep lineup.
1: And do you see um, my beloved Rangers – are to have the second-worst record, I think the third-worst in baseball. They're 18 games back in the AL West, and my beloved uh, Rockies are 16.5 games back, though they're not in last in the NL West because the uh, Diamondbacks...
0: did they lose uh, 20... 17 games in a row?
1: <laughs> they're 20-53. and
0: 53.
1: <laughs> so, so I don't know what's going on in Phoenix, but... The Rockies are non-last in the West.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully for the the Rangers, they can they can hit on some draft picks. Do you
1: think the Giants are for real?
0: I don't know if you know their current pace. Whether they forty six and twenty mm. six. I don't. Yeah, it
1: seems a lot though. It seems like that'd be hard to keep up.
0: I I, I don't think that they're gonna. I think that. The Dodgers win the division, but I definitely think that the Giants are for real, and they yeah. have they they have some some good starting pitching, and you know the Buster Posey is is uh you know hitting and yeah pretty deep lineup. Yeah.
1: I think the uh, central could be fun coming down to, to the uh, stretch because I think the Reds, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs—any one of those four teams—I could see.
0: Yeah, the Cubs. The Cubs are up. interesting because a lot of people thought that the Cubs weren't weren't that good and they were going to be sellers, like they were going to sell Chris Bryant and some other players. But they're actually they're playing above their pay scale, so they they, they might not uh, be sellers. So I mean, there's a lot of a lot of teams that. That are in contention, so a team like the Rangers or or your beloved Rockies could sell off some pieces and get a lot of future future uh, prospects.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to wonder with the Rockies if they had held on to their franchise player and traded him at midseason instead of paying someone to take him in the offseason but. Just like the Tottenham Hotspurs or New York Mets, you could write a book about strange managerial decisions made by the Colorado Rockies.
0: Oh, poor Rockies. Maybe one year, but definitely not this year. So, football, have you been uh, following any of the, the preseason talk? I've got a lot of Seahawks stuff.
1: Let's hear it, because I, I, I followed the aftermath of the draft, but I haven't heard as much of what's going on.
0: Well, so, um, you know, we'll get into later later in July, we'll get into the rest of the football, but I'm pretty excited about the, the Seahawks. Uh, you know their second-round draft pick. Eskridge um, you know, provides another slot option. Has a ton of speed. They got the uh, tight end Everett from from the Rams, and um, they also got uh, Gabe Jackson uh, to shore up the offensive line. So things things are, you know, they had their mini camp. and the offense the offense is looking looking really good, and everyone is really confident. Shane and Shane Waldron, the offense coordinator, that they got uh, from the Rams coaching staff. I think the thing that most impresses me is that it seems like Pete is, is going to give him full autonomy of the offense. And, you know, hopefully we'll see uh, more, you know, sprinkle in some more short passing game. Um, some of those uh, exotic formations and plays that the, uh, that the Rams implemented this last year, at the end of last year, the Seahawks were too predictable. They were, run, run, and then, you know, getting third and long and they, th- they throw uh, bombs. But I think with, uh, especially with Everett, I think that there, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, tight end stuff over the middle, a lot of uh, slot plays, a lot of wide receiver screens. And I think it's just going to open up. They're still, I mean, they're still dangerous throwing throwing long, but they, they've they got to uh, loosen up the defense with the run game and short short, quick passing game which I think they can do. And I, having Gabe Jackson, the, the guard, is going to help protect Russell in the middle, um, especially against the Rams in the, the playoff game, their um, pass uh, protection up the middle it was terrible. And, you know, uh, they were getting to Russ right away. He couldn't step up in the pocket. And it was it was a sad day at the office.
1: So let me remind you that you personally, despite your optimism after the Rams game, you personally guaranteed me that you would not pick the Seahawks to win the uh, Super Bowl this year. So do you think you can still hold to the two, two of that, or are you feeling a little more optimistic?
0: Did I say win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl?
1: You he said win. win. Uh,
0: yeah, I think... I think uh, like th- at this point I'm I'm leaning towards Buffalo Kansas City AFC championship the NFC is really really wide open. I think the NFC West is going to be um, fierce. The 49ers, um, Rams, Rams look good. I don't I don't think I think the Cardinals are going to finish in fourth. Who knows what's going to happen with think. with Green Bay and that that drama and uh, with Aaron Rodgers, and there's all the yeah. time where he's going to go to uh, Denver.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely Broncos fans around me are waiting anxiously to see if Rodgers will come because the last time you know an older quarterback came to Denver, um, and Denver does have some good young uh, they 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 do have some good young uh, players. So, but of course, like you said, it's. Still the Chiefs and Bills and the uh, AFC. But yeah, the NFC, the Cowboys, they're always a huge question mark. Will they finally figure it out and put the pieces together? Um, The Buccaneers, I mean, you you figure Brady will break down at some point, but I probably said the same thing Uh, at this time last year. You know,
0: I'm starting to talk myself into the Seahawks winning the NFC. Just because the I, I don't think the NFC is going to be as competitive as it was last year. but Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the The Rams, though, they could be I, – I wouldn't be surprised if they had a bounce back year. I mean, they still played well last year, but the Rams will be interesting yeah, to see.
0: Yeah, it's all going to come down to how, how does Matthew Stafford play in that uh, <sighs> McVeigh system.
1: Or maybe, or maybe the Jaguars <laughs> come out of
0: the show. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know who who the greatness of Urban Meyer is entrusted to take care of the chosen one? It Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer. Okay, so Daryl Bevel, former offensive coordinator with the Seahawks. And Brian Schottenheimer, former offensive coordinator with the Seahawks, they're entrusted um, those two gentlemen who we Seahawk fans have a lot of issues with to guide the chosen one to greatness. I'm a little, yeah. ske- little sketchy on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as you should be. Yeah. I think Rome wasn't built in a day, you know. I think they obviously have a great coach and great quarterback, and that's in the NFL that gets you two thirds of the way there. Um, but I think it's going to take them a few years for the project to come to, uh, together. And um, my guess is Brian Schottenheimer might not be there.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to... I'm not. I'm not convinced that Urban Meyer and National Football League is 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 going to win.
1: Yeah, well, it's so hard to say because Saban. I mean, Saban is probably without a doubt the greatest college football coach of all time. You know, his recruiting classes, his coaching style. You know, he. I think I would be hard pressed to find a better college football coach um, than him. But you know, he struggled there. He was pretty uh, mediocre during his time in the uh, NFL. So it is a different game, and sometimes I think. A lot of these coaches, they're more be used to being kind of the CEO, GM type, um, and it's different in the uh, NFL. You know, you don't have as much control or say. Um, I think so that's, that's the interesting. thing is
0: he didn't he didn't have enough control in Miami, and when Drew Brees was a free agent, and I can't remember the name of the Vikings quarterback that they um, was it Dante Culpepper or who they who the Miami Dolphins signed, but uh, the owner and the medical staff talked uh, Nick Saban out of out of signing Drew Brees. So yeah. the whole Alabama winning a gazillion championships might ne- never have happened if if he would have gotten if Drew Brees would have gone to the Dolphins. In and the Saints would have never won the Super Bowl. And maybe they would
1: have been a Dynasty yeah. in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But and somewhere in the multiverse.
0: Yes. And we've got a question about about the universe coming up. So, are you ready for listener questions? I'm ready. Okay. First question is from Dakota, Dakota from Superior, Superior Colorado, and uh, longtime fan of the show. And Dakota wants uh, her question is uh, the Olympics are coming up. You know, there all the trials are going on right now, and do we think that uh, in Tokyo that they should allow fans in? Is that is that risky, or you know, do we do we actually think that that that's prudent?
1: Yeah. So the you know the sports loving side of me, you know, says. It's a lot more fun when fans are there. Like we've even seen in the NHL playoffs in you know in the US, as fans come back in baseball games, just how much more fun it is, you know, when you have a full stadium of fans to cheer on, and especially in the oh Olympics, you know, it can be fun when they get behind a swimmer or a track star. Um, it definitely adds to the atmosphere. So I think it would be fun for fans being there. I do think it seems like that it'd be prudent to maybe not allow that just because the Olympics, you already have so many people just like the coaches and the athletes traveling from around the world Um, and then bring in the fans and the fans are traveling from all around the world. And, you know, we've been fortunate here in the U S where, now a majority of the population has the vaccine, but I think the vaccination rates are lower in Japan. There could be fans coming from countries that maybe don't have as much access to the vaccine, um, so it would just be hard to guarantee that everyone, that a majority of the fans in the stadium are going to be vaccinated, and that just seems like a the games are already going to be a big had uh, you know a big um, just a big thing to pull off. Um, so I totally get if they say for this year we need to hold back and not have fans.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough of what what they're planning to do um, in, in in Tokyo as far as how the, how they're handle how they're going to handle it. Uh, if I was the Olympic Committee, I would allow fans, but I would I would only allow. I would I would discourage people from traveling from overseas and try to keep it mostly the Japanese citizens um, yeah. you know attending the events so at least you know the the competitors would have would have uh, you know some fans but i I, I get the um, you know the the international travel and you know spreading variants back to to um, you know the other countries so I guess that's that's what I would do is allow uh, fans from from Japan, but I would try to discourage the uh, the travel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good compromise.
0: The uh, next question is uh, from Neil DeGrasse, uh, from uh, University of Columbia. He's also a big fan of the show. He knows that, uh, that you're a big fan of uh, Star Trek and uh, Star Wars. And he wants to know, are we alone in the universe?
1: That is a great question, Neil. Um, I would say, are we alone in the universe? Well, I think there's, there's – there's two things. The first basic question: Are we alone? No. I think with already the evidence we're seeing in our solar system, of potential that there's been some sort of life on Mars. There's now the potential they're saying in Venus. Yeah. I know last year they they discovered that there could be the possibility that life exists in the atmosphere there, um, and that's just in one solar system. So when I think you look at probably the billions or trillions of planets across the universe, I think some sort of microscopic life did develop somewhere. I think the harder question to me is, is there intelligent life? Because, you know, life on Earth, there have been millions of species have come and gone, but only one species, humans, have reached kind of the ability to travel into space and kind of create civilization um so i think that's a harder question because it seems like that that would be much more difficult you know basic life forms i definitely think probably happened somewhere did life forms evolve into intelligent life i think that's a tougher question but again when you just look at the size of of the universe the time frame of how long the universe has been around. I would say that my best guess is probably somewhere there is other intelligent life like humans, though I think because of the, si- the size of space, it's very likely that you know they just might be on the other side of the galaxy or in a different galaxy, and we just might not ever cross their path. Um, so sorry if people who are believers in UFOs or Roswell I do think there might be intelligent life, but I think it's billions of light years away from here.
0: Yeah, and who knows what that intelligent life would look like? I mean, we have a concept of what intelligent look, life looks like in on the Earth, but who's to say what it would look like uh, across the universe? And and I agree. I mean, you you just look at it from a mathematical perspective, and the the you know the billions upon billions and billions of uh, planets out there, you know, there's got to be some that are in the Goldilocks zone, and and you know some of those have life. Now, you know how intelligent the life is. Those life forms, it's it's you know it's really hard to say. And then we have to keep in mind too that you know um, intelligent life on on Earth, you know what Homo sapiens have been around for a couple hundred thousand years. That's just a blip in the thirteen point eight Billion years, that the uh, you know the age of the universe. So there could be intelligent life across the universe that that pop in for a couple hundred thousand years and then you know self destruct or you know perish yeah. or, or whatever. So it's just you know to actually find intelligent life is is a needle in a haystack.
1: Yeah. A great uh, question, Neil. It's a fascinating topic.
0: So uh, we're gonna go from uh, we're gonna go from NASA question. We're gonna go to pop culture, and I can take uh, the first stab at this this question. Uh, a Rod, who's a big baseball fan and enjoys our takes on baseball, he wants to know uh, what our thoughts are in uh, Ben Affleck and um, J Lo's relationship, and um, I'll take this because uh, this potentially could have had an effect on the Mets. As, as you know, A-Rod and, and J-Lo were, were bidding to be the Mets. So that would have been, been really weird if they had won the bid to be the Mets owners. They break up, and then, and then J-Lo uh, starts dating Ben, who's, who's a devout Red Sox fan. But actually, I think that's uh, I I I think it's it's, it's great uh, K and A Sports Picks podcast and endorse the relationship and we feel sorry uh, for uh, a Rod, but time moves on.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd say the same thing. Feel sorry for uh, a Rod, but you know, um, they're two adults. J-Lo and Ben Affleck. So, if they want to give it another try, you know, all the more power to them. Um, you know, the cynical part of me is a little skeptical that it will last. Um, but who knows? You never know. Maybe it could be true love this time.
0: All right. Second time's a charm. Uh, so, we got a first time listener. You, you just listened, started listening to the podcast. Uh, you know our last episode this is from Ron Swanson in uh, Indiana all right he's uh, he enjoyed our, our last episode and he wants to know he has two questions uh, one what are we watching and two um, he believes listening to us that uh, we're uh, carnivores like him and you know what do we like grilling Well,
1: great questions Ron Um for what are we watching? I just finished um, Fleabag, which was on um, Amazon Prime. It was a British show. Um, it was very good. It's short, like most British shows are. Two seasons, twelve, um, I think, twelve uh, episodes in a total. So if you want to binge something, it's funny, it's smart, it's well written. I would definitely uh, recommend that. Uh, continue to watch Jeopardy. Um, and continue to analyze the guest hosts, um, it's been kind of fun. Yeah, I I think it's been kind of cool how they've done the guest host. It's added some variety, and, you know, when are they going to get the chance to do this? I, again, because I assume they'll probably choose some hosts, and they'll be the host for the next 20 or 30 years. Um, so I think it's been a fun thing, though I still would say my prediction is Ken Jennings will be the uh, permanent host. Um, And as far as grilling, yeah, Ron is right. It's grilling season. Um, I love the classic uh, burgers. I think it's hard to go wrong with a nice seasoned and grilled burger. Um, Also say that, um, let's see, we've done kebabs too. So chicken, bell peppers, pineapple, and those have been fun too.
0: Yeah, I like... uh... Hamburger, hamburgers, and hot dogs on the, the grill. I think this season I'm I'm committed to getting a shrimp. All right, a shrimp on the barbie. And as far as uh, Ron, what what I've been watching is um, Cindy and I finished uh, season one of Ted Lasso. I don't want to don't want to spoil the uh, you know how it ended. Uh, but I think that's I'm really looking forward to season two. I think it's it's funny, and and for all our listeners, um, you know, write into the show and let us let us know. And Cindy made a point that uh, Ted Lasso and his unbridled enthusiasm kind of reminded her of Pete Carroll. So I'd, I'd like to hear what uh, what our listeners take take is on that. Um, but it was a. You know, it was an entertain, entertaining show. It was funny. It was a bit on Saturday Night Live. And, um, you know, so I was a little skeptical taking a bit on Saturday Night Live and, and doing a, you know, 10 episode season. But they really did a good job with the character development. It was really believable that, you know, the locker room culture and what it would be like if you have this, this unbridled, enthusiastic American coming to, to coaching uh, their beautiful game awesome
1: well yeah I, that's definitely on my list of shows to check out so I hope next time we talk maybe we all have seen it and can give my thoughts yeah
0: and um, so final question is from James Joyce and he's from Ireland um, he says he's he's no longer living you know he he passed away years ago but you know he's up in in heaven with if people remember you know we have a connection uh, Vince Lombardi had called us, called us at, at one point, but James Joyce also he left us a voicemail, and he wants to know, as a esteemed author, you know he enjoys listening to people uh, talk about other books, and he wants to know what uh, what we're reading these days.
1: Yeah, well, great question, Mr. Joyce. Um, so I'm actually reading uh, my first. Um, let me look up. I want to make sure I get the pronunciation of the last name right, so no one gets no fans getting mad at at me. Um, but it's called Cat's Cradle, and it's by Kurt uh, uh, Vonnegut, um, the author of Slaughterhouse Five. Um, and it's a it's a short, quick read, but it's kind of a So he's kind of a classic American uh, author and it's kind of a satire on um, kind of the war and politics of the 1960s. It was written in the uh, 60s and it's also kind of, so it's kind of a dark uh, comedy and it explores kind of free will and religion and science um, and kind of hoaxed one at all three of those things um so it's been a good fun book i've enjoyed that um and then i read another david uh mitchell book he's the author of cloud atlas which i think i uh, mentioned
0: yeah on the a, podcast
1: and you've read it too read it. yeah yeah um and i read one of his books it was a shorter book that he wrote uh and it was called Slade house the
0: yeah cloud atlas was was excellent um the movie was good, but nothing, nothing like the book. The book, the book was brilliant. Um, so, what I've been reading is the last time we talked about Station Eleven. Um, so, Emily St. John Mandel, a Canadian author, um, I, you know, was enthralled with Station Eleven. So, I went and looked at a couple of her other books and read. I read this one, the the Glass Hotel, uh, Hotel and this one kind of centers around uh, a Bernie Madoff character, um, wow. uh, who um, you know was in, in, involved in a Ponzi scheme. And the main character, uh, she was a, a bartender, and then you know um, she met she met this this Bernie Madoff type older gentleman, and they. Uh, she eventually, she married him. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's kind of a, a book about how our lives can change dramatically. I mean, we're going along and then just the, these these events happen. It's kind of like in Station 11 with the, um, with the pandemic that hit and people's lives just just changed on a dime. And then the consequences of our actions – you know, you know, have ripple effects to other people that we come in contact with. But it's an excellent book. I, I highly recommend it. The other book that that I just finished too was the the summer of nineteen forty-nine. This is a baseball book. And this was about the pennant race between the um, Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. And it was fascinating because the, the Yankees were led by by Joe DiMaggio. Um, who was nearing the end of his career. And the Red Sox were led by Ted Williams. Uh, wow. Ted Williams was this extremely gifted guy, but the, the media, he had such a contentious relationship with the media. The Boston media was, they just lived to give him a hard time. Wow. And, and he just... You know, really never figured out a way to handle the media, so he had a contentious relationship. Whereas Joe DiMaggio was was this icon, he beloved figure, and the media treated him treated him like a god. Uh, the other thread in the book is that this was just before, you know, the explosion of the television. There was, I think, the previous year was the first year that the World Series was on TV, but only a oh, couple wow. million people. It saw it. You know, it was still uh, baseball was still a game that was mostly listened to on the radio. So it was, it was just the end of one era and the beginning of a new era. So those are the two books that I recommend.
1: And and you would give your endorsement on both, or say they're both worth the read.
0: They're both they're both worth worth the read.
1: Well, that's exciting because I really enjoyed Station e Eleven, so I think I really enjoy her um, book too. So I'll add it to my list.
0: Yeah and I'm going uh, to, add your books, and um, yeah, looking looking forward to, to summer reading. Yeah,
1: well, I think you'd like Cat's uh, Cradle. Like I said, it was kind of a classic. is written in the 60s, and yeah. it's kind of a dark comedy. It pokes fun at religion, science, politics, you know, I think he's one of those authors where he goes after all kind of the sacred things and likes to poke fun at them. So yeah, fun. I
0: love I love books, plays, comedians that um, where institutions take themselves so seriously. Just like we take our podcast so seriously, serious business <laughs> podcasting. Well, Tanner is uh, so uh, anything. You're I know you're looking forward to the conclusion of the. Europe, soccer, any anything else you're looking forward to in the next month or two?
1: Yeah, well, just time, you know, baseball gets a little more serious. You start to see the contenders. Um, oh, the All-Star game will be in Denver, um, so it'll be fun to see. Um, and then, yeah, we're not far away. You know, we're not too far from NFL, college football, Premier League, all being back in swing. Um, but for now, I'm going to enjoy the uh, – the summer uh, tournaments, summer baseball, and put, and the other stuff is not far.
0: Yep, and I uh, this week is a big week. The Islanders play game five in Tampa on Monday and game six on Wednesday. So crossing, crossing fingers. All right, folks, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, TK. Thank you. We'll talk to you on the other side.